Welcome to the Truman Charities Podcast. This is Jamie Truman, your host. This podcast is for philanthropists that are actively looking to expand their donor portfolio. So no more coffee chats, no more spending hours researching an organization. I am doing all of that work for you. I'm going to be asking all the questions that you would want to ask a founder of an organization before you decided to get involved. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Courtney Laughlin. Courtney Laughlin and her family created the Laughlin Foundation. When her mother was diagnosed with a rare form of endometrial cancer, this is how they were going to make a big difference within the community. The Laughlin family has been in the public eye because of her father, who is a retired Caps player. So they have been involved in different types of charities for years. But when her mother got diagnosed, she said that they came together as a family and said, this is what we are going to focus all of our energy on. And that's helping other women that are diagnosed with rare gynecological cancers. What they've been able to do in such a short amount of time has been absolutely remarkable. And I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Courtney, I wanted to start out with the story of your mom, Linda, and why you guys decided to create the Laughlin Family Foundation. So it started back in 2018, and my mom got a phone call that she was diagnosed with a rare uterine serous carcinoma, which is a rare endometrial cancer. And my dad has been out in the public for the last 30 years, ever since he retired here in Washington after playing for the Caps. And so he always wanted to try to find a way to give back, but we never really had that connection to the community. He would always do fundraisers for different organizations and a way to just stay involved in the community. But it was back in 2018 when my mom was diagnosed and she got this call that she had a rare endometrial cancer. And we all kind of looked at each other and said, oh my gosh, this is it. This is how we're going to be involved in the community and really make a difference. And with rare cancers, the first thing that you do as a family, as as a patient who gets diagnosed is you go online and you start Googling. And one of the things that we realized when we started Googling the type of cancer that she has was there was no information. There was no real protocol. There was no real even specialist doctors that have really studied and researched this type of cancer. And so we thought this would be a great way to give back to the community. And actually, it's kind of a funny story because the Caps do a Hockey Fights Cancer Night. And my mom had not gone public with her cancer diagnosis. We're, yes, we're the family's in the public eye for so many different things, but this was one of the things that she really wanted to keep private and to the family until one day the Caps approached us. I think it was the fall of, um, I guess it might have been 2018 or 2019 at the time. And they said, we would love Linda, my mom, to be involved in the ceremonial puck drop for the Caps Hockey Fights Cancer Night. And that was kind of like our big splash of, launching our charity and our foundation, the Lachlan Family Foundation, because that was the way that my mom felt that she could really connect to the Washington Capitals community, to the fans, and to kind of share her story of her rare cancer diagnosis and that it might help shed some light to the other rare cancers that are out there and to also maybe start to build a community of these rare cancer patients and survivors. So she agreed to do the ceremonial puck drop But the one thing that she said, she was like, guys, I've watched everybody play hockey. I played hockey. My brother played hockey. She's been watching my dad since she was 18. She was like, I have no idea how to drop a puck. (laughs) So it was just kind of a cute moment. She's such an inspiration to all of us where she was able to take this not so great prognosis and diagnosis of a rare endometrial cancer and turn it into something like a foundation to help others like her and other types of cancers. um, Hopefully that we can help in the future. 
It was interesting that you mentioned that because I was on your website. Your parents were getting interviewed and they talked just about that actual event that they went to. And it was so cute uh, with your mom talking about. She was like, I have no idea how to talk about <laughs> It was really cute. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about, and she discussed this too on the clip. And I thought it was really interesting for other people to know about her kind of journey since being diagnosed, uh, what she's had to go through until now. It was definitely a rough, I say, year for her as a cancer patient. She's currently in remission, which is amazing. And her journey really started with the cancer diagnosis and the phone call. And it was very difficult after that point, because like I said, you Google, right? And you try to find doctors, you try to find the information, you try to find out where should I go? What should I do? And one of the issues when you have a rare cancer is nothing's very specific, nothing's concrete. There isn't just this, well, you're going to go and do this. And this is the protocol and this is the prognosis and this is the standard of what everybody with your type of cancer has to go through. And so we had just kind of like, kind of hobbled along, like one foot in front of the other, met with another doctor, some decisions that I'll be quite honest. I don't know if she's She's a little worried about now because they didn't have a protocol. A lot of the research at the time back in 2018, now they've done amazing things with it up to date now, but her protocol was taken from ovarian serous. So uterine serous didn't really exactly have its own protocol. So it, it was a very difficult time to, I guess, entrust these doctors who maybe haven't even seen her cancer or treated her cancer. The great thing about being in the DMV area is that there's so many great hospitals. She was able to find a doctor up at Johns Hopkins who's currently doing some research. That's actually who we have partnered with with some of our funding up at Johns Hopkins. But it was a grueling treatment. Just And every cancer patient has to go through it. At 20 rounds of radiation, three or four months of chemotherapy, a recurrence, which they didn't really know what to do with, except for just radiate it. And so it's been a, a very challenging, I guess, emotional and physical journey for both my mom and our family. But one that I definitely think that this, the foundation and the charity and the work that we're able to do in the community, I think helps us feel feel good about, help shed light on something that's not a great outcome to maybe we can make a difference with it. Yeah, your foundation has accomplished quite a bit so far. And my husband was at your last event, which you raised over $170,000 at yeah. your second annual celebrity golf tournament, which is incredible. And you were just mentioning about how one of the people that you have partnered or organization you partnered up with was with John Hopkins. Can you explain a little bit about how you decide who to partner up with? <laughs> <laughs> we are still learning about that. Um, again, we've only been around since 2018. We gave our first grant last year to Johns Hopkins. We wrote them a $100,000 research grant to help with research education awareness for rare cancers. I wish that somebody could tell me how to do that because it is very challenging of trying to find the right doctor, the right fit, the right vision of what in lines with your goals and what you want to do. I will say, I do all the fun stuff with the charity. I do the social media. I'll do the podcast interviews. Sometimes my mom, somebody will ask my mom to do the podcast interview or, or interview. And she'll be like, no, 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 that's Courtney and Craig's job. But she is the one that is so in tune and so caring about what we do with our funding. And it, it is a challenge. We're relatively new. We are still kind of learning those ropes of how do we find the right partner? I think it's asking a lot of questions and it's finding what is important to you and what are the things that you as a charity 
want to accomplish, right? Like, what are your goals short-term, long-term? Is it research-based? Is it community outreach? Is it education, awareness? And one of the things that we're trying to do now is that we do have a little bit of a foundation and and some things built already is we want to now grow a platform of ed- education and awareness online. We have a, a great following. And so how can we do that? But we also need the information. So we need to be able to partner with a doctor that's able to share information, that's able to help us kind of create that content that can help get the message out. Can you explain a little bit about the saying that you have on your website? You need to start thinking below the belt. Yeah. So one of our first initiatives, So this is the great thing when we started this nonprofit was it might be too late for our work and our research and the education that we want to do to help my mom's cancer, uterine serous carcinoma. So we started our charity with rare cancers. And it's also very daunting because we have so many different ways that we can go with it. But our first initiative is rare gynecologic cancers and endometrial cancers. They're one of the only cancers that are really on the rise. And so we all hear and we all see the amazing work that organizations like Susan G. Coleman have done and the Breast Cancer Foundation and Save the Tatas. We all like to talk about that. But then how can we get people to start talking about things below the belt? It's not sexy. It's not something that people like to talk about. And I'll mention this. When my mom was first diagnosed with cancer, And she did that interview that you were talking about with the Washington Capitals. And they said, well, how did you know? And she didn't want to tell the truth. She didn't, she wasn't comfortable with saying I had postmenopausal bleeding. And that's the truth. And and that's one of the biggest things that any doctor will tell women is that there is no such thing as good bleeding postmenopausal. And so that wasn't something that she was comfortable saying in front of my dad and on the jumbotron at at Capital One Arena. And that was also that's also part of the problem is that these cancers aren't sexy. Nobody wants to really talk about them. And so that's a great point is one of the things that we that we want to try to do is get people to start thinking and talking about below the belt issues. That makes so much sense. I was just thinking the same thing. It's hard for women to talk about stuff like that, especially in interviews in front of men. Like it is a difficult situation. And so Mm -hmm. you guys are trying to break that and make it so it's more not acceptable, but women feel more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I think starting to create communities where women can talk about it. And I know my mom, she's, she's, she's part of the problem or was part of the problem of, well, we can't talk about these issues, but why? Well, because no, somebody has to start, right? Somebody has to start thinking about these things, talking about them, educating people about them. And so that's kind of just, that's the start, I guess, of we do need to start thinking below the belt and cancers that aren't as sexy as Save the Tatas. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you see your family's foundation in the future? Going as far as we can with it. I would love to be able to support other cancers, not just endometrial. That is our first initiative again, because I said we can really support any rare cancer, which is daunting and also amazing at the same time. We did it that way so that if there was another rare cancer that recently just came about, that we could be the foundation and the nonprofit that could help fund the research to help cure it, to help find a cure, to help raise awareness for it. We're so fortunate of the the support that we've had so far in the DMV community with the Washington Capitals, just with all of the fans and supporters. So I wish I had it. I would like to go as far as we can with it and fund research, fund screenings. There are some really exciting things that we're going to be funding in 2023 
regards to screenings and endometrial cancer and uterine serous carcinoma. So, you know, one of the other taglines that we have is every cancer deserves a voice. And beyond that is every cancer deserves a cure. And so we want to be that nonprofit and that foundation that is helping those that are underfunded, that aren't getting the attention as some of the more popular or more funded cancers that are out there. You just mentioned that you have some really great plans for 2023. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. So in terms of fundraising, we will have our third annual celebrity golf tournament. I believe that date is September 11th. Um, And as you know, we need to start planning (laughs) those things now. There's no such thing as as planning too early. We're trying (laughs) to plan another event in, in March of 2023. It's been difficult for us because we started in 2018 and then the pandemic hit and we only had our first fundraiser was in 2020. February of 2020, actually. And so came out of the gate hot. It was great. We'd had a great event at the Blue Dolphin in Crofton, raised just about $200,000, and then the pandemic hit. So that was tough for us. Every charity, how, how do we manage this? How do we do this? But we were also so new. And so then we started with the golf tournament. So we're definitely want to build, we were never a charity that was like, we're going to do just golf tournaments. And so we want to kind of bring back that gala style um, to bring in more people, more sponsors, more donors to kind of open it up to just more of those, uh, more than just golfers, because that's kind of what we've been doing the last two years. We have some things lined up again, working with Hopkins. We actually funded this past July, the first ever endometrial cancer symposium, which was incredible. It brought over, I think, 100 doctors from 25 to 30 different countries who all came together and shared information on their recent findings, the best practices of endometrial cancer. So kind of continuing to build on that, we definitely want to build on the endometrial, the rare gynecologic cancer side. So some more funding things and projects that we're going to be doing with Johns Hopkins. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) It's a lot. (laughs) What you've been able to do. It's a lot, but you've accomplished a lot in a small amount of time. So I've learned a lot about gynecological cancers, rare ones, just by talking to you for these last 15, 20 minutes or however long we've been chatting. But before I let you go, Courtney, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would want people to know? I think ask questions. I think that's the biggest thing. And don't be afraid of of second opinions. And the biggest thing, and this isn't really, it's not my story because it, it's my mom's, but where if anybody knows, the Lachlans are a very close family. I mean, we we work together. We live right across the street from each other. And I've seen it from my mom is be your best advocate, right? As a patient, because If you don't ask the questions, then they're going to send you down this path. And I think that was one of the biggest challenges with my mom because there wasn't a lot of information. There's not a lot of research out there. There's not a lot of doctors in this area that have the knowledge about uterine serous. Again, we're getting there. We're growing. The doctors are sharing more information. There's going to be white papers coming out um, actually about it from some of the stuff that we did at Hopkins. But she went down this path and and I don't know, we don't know if it's the right one, right? Because there really was no protocol for it. And so you just, you hope that was the right decision. And looking back on it, I think we all would have preferred to have asked some more questions, but you don't know what you don't know. And it's so hard to ask those questions when you don't even know the questions to ask. And so that is something that, that we do want to try to do. You ask about what we want to do in the future is be a place where people can come to ask questions or what did you do after this? And what did you do after that? 
it's been kind of crazy because since my mom's cancer diagnosis, she's probably had four or five of our really close friends who have been diagnosed with cancer. And they have all come to her and say, well, what do I do? One of them actually had the same cancer as her, which is crazy living in the same area. And the other ones were like, well, what do I do? Where do I go from here? What questions should I ask? And so she would kind of be there as somebody either just to listen or to help or to give her experience of there are other paths. And so, again, I, I think the most important thing is to to ask the questions and be and be the best advocate that you can for yourself as a cancer patient. Now, how can people contribute to the Lachlan Family Foundation and where can they find you? So they can find us on our website, thelachlanfamilyfoundation.org. We do some really cool fundraising things, which I love. Like my dad releases beer and wine and whiskey. So those are some fun ways. And he gives portions back to the charity. So those are fun ways that you can get involved. He does a couple a year and they're all kind of hockey related. He's always talking about it on Caps games. So if you see him on a Caps game, he might be talking about our charity. And yeah, I guess head to our website, head to our social channels. That's where I really mostly post our upcoming events of what's happening. We try to do one to two. Well, we've done one, the big golf tournament. We're trying to do another bigger event in March of 2023. And then we do these kind of smaller ones. Like I said, like beer releases. My dad has a wine that he made with his broadcasting partner, Joe B, which gives back to the charity. So there's there's a lot of fun ways. We try to be different. We try to be unique of just different ways to kind of get out there and, and get people to know um, about our charity. Yeah, I saw that you and your father were at NASCAR. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's, there. A, that's another way. We partnered with Ryan Ellis, the NASCAR driver. He actually grew up locally here in Virginia. And so just kind of small world hockey, NASCAR, cars, all the sports kind of, I guess, go together. And so he, that's been a really, really cool partnership, again, because I don't think I've, I knew nothing about cars. I knew nothing about NASCAR. And so we do an initiative with him, usually sometime in the fall. We've done two so far. And the biggest thing there is for a donation or however we're running your campaign, your name gets to be on Ryan Ellis's car, which is super cool because not everybody can get their name on a NASCAR. So that's been a really great partnership and just finding different ways to get our name out there and to spread to spread awareness. I have to say that your foundation has found really unique ways and fun to raise money and awareness. And Courtney, I want to thank you so much for coming on here and opening up about, you know, your mother, which is your family's journey mm -hmm. um, with the, this rare cancer and how you're helping other people in the community. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. And thank you for for doing this and and sharing people's stories, because I do think that's really important for people to hear different perspectives and different ways. And that's how we all, I think, learn and, and can be better. So thank you so much as well for having me on here. This was awesome. Oh, it was so fun. So thank you again. And thank you to all the listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Truman Charities Podcast. Until next time. If you liked this episode, please make sure to rate and review our podcast. That is how more people learn about the Truman Charities podcast and our organization. And to make sure you don't miss any of our future episodes, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. If you'd like to follow Truman Charities, you can follow us on Facebook at Truman Charities, Instagram at Jamie underscore Truman Charities, and check out our website, trumancharities.com.